Hello and welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented to you by Melee Stats. I am here today on the eve of a very fateful day. We're, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, some people from Summit 13, possibly. Sorry, Summit 12, possibly. We, uh, we, we're down to the thick of it. We're, we're the, the eve of day three of voting. And with me here, in addition to my co-host, Edwin Budding, we've got one of the only, with the only Donkey Kong, the only prospective Donkey Kong at Summit, <laughs> and the only prospective Sheik at Summit. <laughs> We're talking to someone who's probably been to more summits than Armada, and someone who, as far as I know, has never been to a summit. Nope. We're talking to Ringler. We're talking to Free Palestine. What is yeah. up, fellas? Hey. Hey. How, how you much? Uh, I feel like that's not right. I think there is a lot. Going on. <laughs> there is. You guys have been, you know, the fact that you are this far in voting by the virtue of that, you know, pretty pretty much shows how much you've been giving yourself into it. Um, before we get into it, I do want to say, so we've got two slots up. Uh, there are also two other people. Noel was supposed to be on the show. Uh, unfortunately, he's on Mango Stream, which <clears throat> not sure if that takes precedence over Melee stats, but, you know, everyone has their own yep. uh, ideas. And uh, Slug. Slug, uh, very funny story. We reached out to a few people when there's eight people uh, left in voting. We reached out to four of them because we're going to be like, okay, like we have a hit rate of like, 50%. We got, like, we're probably going to speak to two people who end up not making it, have a last chance, uh, a little fun shill time. Uh, and then Tyler Swift got in. Yeah. So we yeah. had a little bit of a conundrum there. But yeah, check out Null, check out Slug. Uh, it's kind of a cool thing we got going on with the last four people. We've got uh, a Sheik, a Fox, an Isis, and a, a Donkey Kong, which, uh, you know, if you are a fan of someone like Null, he's like out of a comer, he's really deserves it if you're a fan of someone like slug the only person who's really doing uh high level ices results he deserves it but we're going to be talking to two people who also deserve it today i would argue um, that they actually deserve it even more because they appeared on because the they're on our show yeah, yeah. That's right truly it counts for that's like 80 percent of it if you think about it we were here ready twice true reality. you were here true. true true and you'd be ready a third time if, that's it, if right. it came to that I, morning, I dare say we're the only out. ones trying <laughs> i don't know because it does feel like the three people who already made it in kind of tried you want to you guys want to talk about the three people who made it in so we have magi who ooh, uh, my summit knowledge is not up to to date i think it's uh, i think she made summit nine through voting but i believe she's only been to one summit okay uh so this would be her second and then we have two people who've never been to summit before we have uh, well unless you uh, count smash uh unless you count online summit she was there as true well. true yeah I guess difference between at summit and you know, yeah, at yeah. The computer playing <laughs> summit, uh, but yeah, so we we have Magi making her second offline summit and uh, Tyler Swift making his first and 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 Australia's own Sora making his first. So I think it should be pretty cool. And uh, you look at the four people remaining, you know, as far as competitors go, uh, in main bracket, no one here has made it to summit. So it should be cool, no matter what we see. But uh, yeah, you guys want to talk about what we saw before? Because uh, it's like summit season every year. I think we're we think we know so much about it, right? We go and be like, I can't see anything else new. I know everything, and it just constantly evolves. Like there's a meta there that I am too dumb to understand. But you know, suddenly Tyler Swift gets in, and it's like, okay, there's something at play here that I mm -hmm. don't know. Um, 
but yeah, let, let's talk about it. Cause I think that what happened was when nominations opened up, I think the, the general like tenor of the event was that it's was not as easy or it's not as difficult to get in as it usually is, but mm-hmm. as more people opted in and as more people, you know, threw their hats in the ring, I feel like it's same as it always is. But uh, yeah, talking to, to two people who like actually have to put themselves out there, what do you guys think? Um, Ringler, you know, you you are someone who's been to summits quite a lot. <laughs> but uh, is this your first time as a competitor that you're you're like going through the voting process? Um, there was one where first time I made it to the voting process, there was one that I was, you know how there's 20 people from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got 21st at one of those, which was, that was, it was after a Genesis. Cause I filmed me <laughs> screaming my Ro- not Rodney date, my Gilbert Gottfried impression as my video. Uh, and it at 21st, not <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, Free Palestine. I think you. Uh, this is the first time of you like really going for it, right? I think there was a lot uh-huh. of Midwest uh, team kills, right? Is or, or am I? Not yeah, right? I mean, I personally didn't. I mean, I've always, you know, it's kind of like if you're a good melee player, you want to go because it's like a cool, True. you know. Yeah. There's a reason why we want to go, but um, always seeing like people from my greater region, not even in Ohio, um, campaigning. I didn't want to, you know, split votes between other Midwesterners who. To be honest, probably deserved it more than me at that time. You know, Ginger, mm-hmm. Reeve were all on their grind and stuff, and they really put their hearts out into campaigning. So I never wanted to like step on their toes or anything. But uh, this time around, we pretty much had no Midwest. I mean, Ben ran, but didn't put. He said he didn't put too much into it because he was really busy with other stuff. Um, and so I figured this would be a good time to you know maybe show what the Midwest can do. But yeah, it's the first, and I'm saying it now, the only time I'm going to be hitting that, that nominate me <laughs> button and writing something in, because it is, it is a little stressful. Well, I, I hope it, uh, hope it ends up being yeah. worth it. But uh, yeah, like I said, you know, you, you guys, uh, not, maybe not new to the campaigning aspect, mm-hmm. but definitely as far as this far, this is kind of new territory. But did you notice a difference between like uh, how hard people had to campaign in years past and this year, because like I said, you know, that was kind of what people were thinking on Twitter, but I feel like with summit, it always ramps up. So I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that. If that like rang true or if that just didn't feel right. No, I, I think it did. Um, Cause what I've noticed about this summit, and this is a, a trend that I noticed about starting with this one that I like is I feel like things are becoming much more content driven. Like that was the premise mm-hmm. of my whole campaign is just like, I don't want to like eat onions or whatever. Let's do content. Let's put things in front of people that they're going to watch and laugh at. Uh, but hope I like, just for the sake of people's like physical health, I hope things don't like escalate further in the, just like, well, how can I abuse my body to get people to give me money? I would like yeah, I mean, to it's a good thing that, that uh, it's a good thing that Tyler Swift got in before 150,000. <laughs> yeah, true. That's we true. don't need to describe what that is, but yeah. it's, a, it's a yeah, it's a good thing. Um, one of the big things I noticed because you know, I mean, like you said, you know, eating onions or something like that. The thing I know is now that I have to, you know, do this is how how like not insidious, but like how kind of there's like a lot of information, true or not true, like about vote counts, who's voting for who, who's got VIPs and stuff. That is like you hear different things from people that both tell you that they're saying the right thing, but like both things can't be true, but they're both like not trying to lie. That's just because the information they got might be wrong or whatever. And it's just kind of been interesting to just like figure out and try to like, 
I guess, understand what the hell's going on because a lot of times no one knows, but people will say like they do. And so that's kind of like, you know, that's the thing I've noticed now that I'm kind of inside of the actual voting process more so. so it's kind of been interesting to look at that. Yeah, we are playing mind chess here. This is yeah. this is chess of the mind. Yeah, and that definitely uh, happened earlier in this voting season too. I'm not going to specify exactly what happened, but <laughs> there's definitely some mind games being played, and it worked out. That's all I'm going to say. It's like you're in like an Aaron Sorkin show or something, right? <laughs> Just like the the lamest version of it. Yeah, right. Uh, but I'm really, really, the best version of it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? True, I will agree. Aaron Sorkin uh, needs to write more low stake stuff. He needs to write more about, um, about like niche gaming cultures. Yeah, right? no, exactly. I cannot imagine what that would look like. With Aaron. He says the how, same how thing will Aaron... in every script. Yeah, how will Aaron Sorkin? Uh, how will he do his like whole uh, like like one of, one of my favorite constants? And by favorite, I mean least favorite constants with Aaron <laughs> yeah. Sorkin is how he always has like an older like guy character with like this uh this like younger attractive woman that's like looking looking at him for like mentorship or whatever and he has to like show her the ropes and tell her yeah. that she like doesn't know what she's doing that's a that's a sorkin classic in like all his material that would be in my version that would be uh the main character's opening a pizzeria and he's showing the the line cooks how to do it <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too much into Aaron Sorkin because I had like a, I, I had a banger um, segue that I was going to hit, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll you know save that one for a bit. Um, there's a video online that I've I watched in high school, and I like every now and then I'll still check on it, and make sure it's still on the internet. You know, it's called Sorkinisms, and it's just all of his shows, and it's clips of people saying literally the same exact thing, and it'll show like. A character in a something will be like, I'm gonna, I can buy his house and make my own personal ping pong room. And then it shows like 10 characters throughout like 10 different shows say the same exact thing. Um, <laughs> so, a little bit before plugs, we're gonna have to plugs at the end of the show. But if, if anyone wants to check out Sorkinisms, you can. But Ringler, what you mentioned earlier about uh, it's a content driven summit, uh, mm-hmm. I think that that is cool because what it does is it kind of, levels the playing field in a in a way uh, i think ever since summit kind of started to to get on with it and like became this kind of big snowball um it became less about like no one deserves to be in the summit right like uh skill for summit doesn't necessarily matter yeah. uh and i think we're kind of getting to the point where like look we have two unranked players we have sora and tyler swift both who are very good you know not being top 100 doesn't mean that they're trash especially because we haven't had a top 100 <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, and then and then Magi, who, you know, for for all, you know, all, uh, all that she's, like, done, still relatively new. Uh, so I think it's really cool to see three players like that, um, like, be able to, to make it in. And the remaining three players that we have, like, uh, you know, Free Palestine, you were, you were top 100, you were also 101. But we've got three people who were not top 100. We've got uh, up and comers. We've got different characters. And I think that that's like one of those really cool things. Like we're seeing four people who are not top 100 now, right? How do you I, mean? Uh, wait, I I am confused by this uh, assertion. Wait, you said you said you said there are three. You said there are three people now, right? Yeah, Slug's not top 100. Null's not top 100. Ringler's not top 100. 
Oh, no, free, that's right. Free that's Palestine that's right. is 72nd. He made it. He made it. I don't know. I don't know. Edwin, you said I was former. I forgot. I I remember that. I don't forget, Edwin. I thought, you know, I thought there's been one list, you know? Did you know this is the first? This is how I introduced myself to Palestine. I after Genesis 7 after party. And I said, Mr. 72. And and you went, you're the only one who's got the number right. And I'm doing it off the top of my head. I hope it's it, it, it is, is 72. 72. You're right. Nice. You're See? right. Old Wheat still got it. But the point is, I think that the the content focused, uh, you know, the, like what we are seeing from Summit is it's not about who's the best who's still around. Like none isn't in the voting phase anymore. Uh, it's about who gives it their all. And I think what it leads to is it leads to a lot of really cool people who are going to see in. Like we have a Pikachu in Summit, and it's not Axe, and that's mm-hmm. crazy to see. Um, but like, what did you guys think of, of who made it first? You know, we have Sora, we have Magi, we have Tyler Swift, Edwin, you, I know that we have been like Sora believers for a while. What do you think about him? Yeah. So, um, well, the, I, I love, I just want to kind of like complete the, or add on to the point that you were making that I think this is kind of a, I mean, this is a lot of this has always been the case with summit, but I think we really see it now that we're in this post like Nikki Yingling world. Right. (laughs) I think it's really cool that we see like that we not only see the remaining candidates like, you know, proving themselves as competitors and trying to be active and, and like showing interest in that stuff again, but also even just like, you know, the ability to understand that like we, we have to actually put in effort into marketing ourselves, making making yeah. short videos for engagement and stuff like that. And all the videos for, or uh, most of the videos for uh, the candidates are, are pretty good. Like they aren't just like thrown in at the last, last moment. Um, there was one video that I thought was absolutely terrible, which involved one of the candidates uh, playing a guitar and playing a like uh, an unrecognizable song. But I uh, big disagree. I big disagree. <laughs> I think that is the most Sigma move. No yeah. gameplay. Yeah, I thought. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I don't want to go into it too much. But but sorry, we you did ask about Sora, so I, I should go back. To that. <laughs> um, yeah. So so I I did a bit of like a regional preview for the Smash World Tour, like or or about each of the regions in Smash World Tour way back. And one of the things that I noticed about Sora is that he just like dominates Australia. Like he destroys a ton of their good players. And Australia is like very solid. Like the, the second best active player there right now is Sock, who's who's a pretty good, who's like a pretty good Fox, who I think in like a normal year of exposure against like the North American field would would make it onto the nominee list of a, he of beat a top friends at Genesis 7. Yeah. He beat Franz at Genesis 7. I know when Sora came to the United States, he had a pretty good local showing where he beat like Curve, Zella, and like and even Android Zero, who, you know, if you've been watching the show for a while, you'll know he's the greatest player of all time. Cannot be stopped. <laughs> so for Sora True. to take a set from him, I think is, is pretty impressive. And the fact that he like has just been like farming Australia for a while now, for about like a year and a half, it it almost kind of reminds me of the same position that Spud was in before he went to Summit. So like when, when we're talking about Sora, like, yeah, this is someone who's in a pretty isolated region. I think at a, in a, at a tournament like Summit, which is going to be so stacked, like it's, it's very hard to stand out in that kind of field. But, you know, hopefully this is the first like chapter of what's going to be like a, a bigger American trip for Sora and the rest of the Australians. And, uh, in particular, I think like if, if you need a headspace to think of like how you should expect Sora to look like heading into this event, I don't think it's too soon to say that like he's about as good as like 
you know, as as the kind of up and rising uh, or like the up and coming, like rising top 50 ish Fox player. Like, I think this guy is really legit and he's going to and I wouldn't sleep on him at Summit. At yeah. All. And uh, Sora is also someone who, like you said, like isolated region and whatnot, but still doesn't just sit there and go, well, there's nothing I could do. You know, the amount of VOD review and set analysis and how dedicated he is to studying specific stuff, yeah. um, you know, really shows. And that's how you stay improving in a situation like that. And yeah, I think um, Sock, Don B, and Sora are all coming here for a year. So hopefully we'll be seeing them all over for a while. That'd be great. Cause yeah, like you said, they're, they're all great players. So it'll be, and uh, I think there is something that differentiates Sora and that's uh, at least his accent, you know? If you look at all those, uh, all the people at Summit, one of them, one of them stands out. True. He needs to get on the mic. He He's also tall. To. How tall is he? He's also got like nasty characters, like his Sheik oh, and yeah. Martha. Do, do we've been talking also. about Sheik a lot? Me and him. Yeah, we were we're we're in the lab about Sheik stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm. I told him that uh, I had to stay the only Sheik at Summit so he couldn't tell people that he plays Sheik. <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, I think he's all Fox anyways in bracket, like in general, but we're still going to stick with that for now. It helps. <laughs> kind of what happens when you're best in your region, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just, just like, oh yeah, my Captain Falcon is now really good because I, I, I just play that now. Because Everyone else quits if I name. play Fox, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's like... Um, I remember when Rudolph came to America, he would just, like, go Fox and Sheik all the time. Like, you know, along with Marth. He went mainly Marth. But he's just was like, wait, why is he going Fox versus Plup? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, but, but always fun stuff. Fun, really, like, really cool to see Sora. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, Edwin, usually crazy. But but him saying that uh, he's, like, a on the level of an up-and-coming Fox player. Like, you know, we see people like, like Noel and Zealot do really, really well at all these majors. Uh, and I honestly think that Sora would do just as well. It's just the fact that we haven't gotten a chance to see him. Uh, but with Summit coming up and Smash World Tour, he's going to Genesis. You know, I think he's going to... Uh, Free Ballast, I think you're right. He's going to be in America for yep. a long time. So yeah. I, I hope to see uh, whatever results come from that, I think it would be really good. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's talk about another player who, who made it in, who is kind of... You know, maybe a little under the radar, um, but let's talk about Tyler Swift because he was a player who I think he was really known as like the next best Pikachu, um, which was kind of like a title that didn't mean a lot for a while. <laughs> but yeah, but he just got better and better and better. Uh, and he is a box Pikachu, I believe, uh, and, and a box Fox, both of which are really good. And really put his name on the map when he beat what was it, it was like Kadoran, he beat Hbox, he had another Ooh. really good win. Um, Aklo. Beat Aklo. Aklo. Well he just beat yeah, he just took a set off Aklo recently, uh at, at the um the last nightclub. Uh yeah, like his ability to to play well versus with both um Fox and Pikachu is is pretty amazing. Anok, what do you uh, or Edwin, what do you what do you think about him? I want to bring up actually some numbers around Tyler Swift. So what what you guys will know is that before every summit or every major, I usually do a breakdown of the players to look out for. And for, for summit, because it's 16 people, I usually just break down each of the players' chances within the field and sort of what their results have been like in recent times of the year, right? So I'm going to list some numbers. Tyler Swift in the last four and a half months is 1-1 versus HBox. He's 1-0 versus Kadoran. He's 2-2 two two versus Aklo. 
one and one versus Logan. That one of the sets happened uh, at Riptide, infamously when uh, Tire Swift's controller literally malfunctioned. Oh, um, yeah. Three and zero versus J Flex, winning a nightclub over him. That's uh, kind of crazy. Two and zero versus Jojo. Is he playing Pikachu the whole time versus J Flex? I think he played Pikachu. If okay. I'm not mistaken. That's insane. So, so three and zero versus J Flex, two and zero <laughs> versus Jojo, one and zero versus Whisker, Whiskers, and one and zero versus Null. His only loss is outside of this group, uh, as far as I know, at like big events. I think he might have lost a cave to Juicebox, but other, other than that, uh, it came to none in Ben. Now I want to ask you something. Out of all those results I just listed, do you think Axe, how does Axe perform against that same group of players? Oof. Oh, wow, really putting us on. Uh, does it's scary? It's scary, isn't it? Like it, like you know, is is it too soon to say? Well, I think, Tyler I think he the beats Kadoran. Probably, yeah, <laughs> Axe beats Kadoran and Logan. Uh, I don't think does we Axe have to. Axe go three zero versus J Flex or two two versus Aklo. Could he beat H Box? <laughs> That's that's what I'm thinking is like that's a big wall. That is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's you, you know what, what I mean. Like it's closer like than twenty five and one or something. It's it's yeah. it's twenty something and one. Uh, yeah, it's like hopeless at this point, honestly. I don't know, one man. <laughs> and you know, Edwin, that's a funny question because like in the at the start of the season, I remember I was in a lot of streams just watching what players were thinking of like the noms, and I was watching Axe stream and he got to Tyler Swift and the first line he said was. You know, it's Tyler Swift says, I'm the second best Pikachu in the world, right? That's what Tyler says. And he goes, well, I think there's some people that would disagree with that. And I'm like, damn, Axe is telling you maybe not. I was like, that's, that's. Well, a, it's, it's scary funny. close. Yeah. yeah it's scary. And because of the Fox, <laughs> yeah. because of the yeah. Fox, like that's, that's something that like, there, there's going to be so many matchups that like, if, if you see even Axe versus trail trail and tournament is kind of scary for him. Right. Like yeah. Axe, I'm not saying like he'll lose all the time. I'm just saying like, that's that's something that you have to worry about with him. With Tyler Swift, there's so many matchups that normally with Pikachu that you'd be scared of, but his his fox is really good. <laughs> it's yeah. really being, scary. Being able to break up Pikachu's matchup spread like that with Fox is like that's meta. It's like, yeah. Cause do you really want to sit through every potential like Pikachu Icy's matchup? Like, probably not. And I if you can avoid uh, that. I can't hate because uh I lost to Axis Falco after beating his Pikachu. <laughs> so I can't act like his Falco's not, you know, yeah. <laughs> not worth something. But yeah, I made him switch off Pikachu, and then I lost to the Falco at Smash Game. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, she wasn't ready. But mm. yeah, I, I don't think that Axe uses Falco the same way that Tyler Swift uses Fox. I guess. Yeah. Like he sometimes like I guess same thing with Young Link because we sometimes see the Axe Young Link that kind of counts mm -hmm. as like a secondary or niche character. He sometimes plays against. I don't know. Puff. It I guess. It definitely feels like there are um when Axe doesn't go Pikachu, it's like uh it's a backup. And that's what it feels mm -hmm. like. Yeah. And and it's a testament to how good he is that his backup character does so well. Mm -hmm. That's just you know, he's one of the best players of all time. Uh, but with Tyler Swift it doesn't feel like a backup when he goes Fox. He doesn't go Fox because he got discouraged from losing his Pikachu. It feels calculated. And it and it feels like he's you know He's like, okay, I'm going to play uh, Fox versus Puff, and I'm going to learn the matchup, and I'm going to be one of the best Fox versus Puffs of my skill, you know, skill range. Um, and I think his ability to, to like, do that, you know, um, I think it's weird, like, when you... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe someone who plays a mid tier here will will be able to help me figure this one out more. But it is funny to like pick a top tier for matches, and it's like, 
well, I'm sure Fox just does better versus almost every character than Pikachu. So, like, at what point do you, you know, say, okay, here's the cutoff. Um, but I'm not really worried about it when it comes to that because I, th- I think, like, the way that I see him play, he seems like he's very confident in the matches where he goes Pikachu, and he seems like he's very confident in the matches where he goes Fox. And when you have people like Axe who, like, switch off characters, uh, sometimes it's a lack of confidence that that's why the character switch is. And I think the character switch from, from Tyler Swift is, like, completely the opposite, right? It's because... He's so confident in his fox that he'll he'll do that, and you know the fox is it's like practice, it's ready for the matchup. Uh, but yeah, Ringler, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I know you're someone who's seen success without the need for a secondary. It, but it's also like, uh, for one, like DK's matchup spread. I feel like it's uh, it's he doesn't have like good winning matchups, but I don't think it's quite as bad as like I don't think it's as bad as like uh, Pikachu Chic or something. Um. But no, I agree with what you're saying. Where it's like, uh, there's the there's the like low tier or mid tier player who there's three types. There's ones who stick it out for every matchup, just either from passion for their character or whatever. Uh, there's the mid tier with a secondary uh, that they always go in certain matchups, uh, and then there's the mid tier where it's like, okay, I have these other good characters. And I feel like I'm running into a wall with my main. How could I break that up and get through? And I think Axe is more of that third. Because I think Axe is very passionate about his character, obviously. I think he would want to play Pikachu in any matchup that he thought he could, like, really win it with. So I think, like, back, you know, the what, what I'm saying is just I agree with you. I think Tyler, uh, there's much more of a... Uh, a game plan there that doesn't feel like it's being disrupted as much as it is with like uh, Axe bringing out a Falco against the character mm-hmm. or his young Link, where it's more along the lines of like, okay, but the Pikachu didn't work. I need to find something that does. Yeah, it's counter pick instead of like you said, prepared, right? It's like Axe will lose game one and be like, dang, I lost game one bad. Let me switch versus mm-hmm. starting game one, not as Pikachu. But I guess yeah. it's. I guess it's kind of like also hard to like start that if you're Axe and not just click Pikachu on the character select screen and be like, I can do it. Because he kind yeah. of pretty much can, Yeah, because right? he could. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of hard. And I've been there as like a, I'm practically a tri-main at this point. You know, character switching and stuff is always, it's always kind of a coin flip because like you don't know how ready the other person is to for Fox or for Sheik or for Marth or for Pikachu or whatever it is. So like you're really like coin flipping a lot of the time or it's based on the other player more than it is based on you that's what i figured out that's how i've kind of understood when to switch characters <laughs> yeah i mean i think at the base of all this talk about like character switching um uh, just comes down to the fact that all of us are pretty confident in in how tyler approaches like the matchups uh and i think that that you know it, it like some it's always a tough thing to go into mm-hmm. for any player who's trying to to make a name for themselves Because it's like, okay, instead of having an open bracket where you could face increasingly good players and you could get pretty decent wins, uh, it's like, it's it's all or nothing, right? Uh, We've seen incredible players get 13th and not win a set, um, but it's also like a really good opportunity for people to, even if if they take one set, that's like, Mm -hmm. man, that's impressive. Um, So we'll see if Tyler's able to do that. I, I think that... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see if uh, what it looks like. But yeah, you know, if Kadoran's in bracket versus Tyler, oh, uh, true. I'm yeah, sweating. yeah. I'm not a. I'm I'm sorry, Kadoran. <laughs> I'm I'm not betting on you against Tyler Swift. And, I think uh, that, is, poten- that is horrifying. <laughs> there's potential here for this to be a 
very anti Marth Summit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say how was <laughs> how was how was the DK Pikachu matchup, Ringler? What's that? Oh, what, what do you got any thoughts on that in general? Who's it favorite? Uh, I think or is DK it just like, like slightly wins, but it's hard. Okay. Uh, because mm. you just kill Pika at off of a confirmed up kill throw. setup at sixty every stage. That's nice. Just up throw punch, and it like Pikachu oh. always dies. Yeah, and I think that's what you were also talking about, where like DK covers matchups better because he can like you know cargo throw up throw up air like Peach, where like sometimes yeah. Pikachu just has to like narrow at one seventy and be like, Please, yeah, God kill. <laughs> Wait, like, hey, Hassan, what's the what's the chic Pikachu matchup like? Um, I love that matchup. Uh, <laughs> that's like one of my favorite matchups. I'm I'm good versus like the weird characters. Um, Dreffen once taught me how to like edge guard Pikachu with the needles, and he doesn't do it. So he taught me how to do it, and he doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> but where you like throw the needles as they're coming back in on the second one, and uh, yeah, I mean I love that matchup. Um, it's definitely chic favored. Um, you know, like I said, I've played Axe a couple times now, um, so I've seen, I've seen the scary stuff. And Pikachu has punish and everything like that. I think a lot of times, like you can get flustered pretty easily. You know, like one of the big things is like holding in on back throw, and then you get like down aired off the side of the stage, like so far away. And it's just like little matchup things that you have to like be confident out about, but not like blind confident about. Because you know, there's like a lot of sheiks that'll go into a matchup and be like, okay, my character invalidates theirs. And like I'm sure Ringler, you've seen this where like Sheiks are like sort of confident and then like they start down throwing and they just like don't know how to actually punish DK or like yeah. start low tiers and it's like, oh well like this guy's gotten three grabs and gotten seven percent total. So like, you know, yeah. what's the point? But yeah, it's like you need a mixture of both. <laughs> like it's like Yeah, you need you need enough tier, yeah. respect and enough BM. Yeah. And uh yeah, I'd be excited to play Amsa a lot too. I've never one time yeah. I was at a major for a short story. I was at a major and I saw Amsa playing alone. And I was like, D can I play you? And he was like, you can, but only if you play Puff. And I was like, I'm not a Puff main. Like, I play, sh like, I don't, I don't know how to play Puff. And he's like, that's fine. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want you to, like, play my Puff. And then I come back two minutes later, and he's sitting down with Holiday, the Northeastern Ohio Fox main, who's playing mm. Puff against oh Amsa. Just like, Holiday, why is Holiday playing Puff? He's practicing for HBox. This is, like, I was just thinking, like, maybe this is just, like, You couldn't find someone more than Holiday's Puff. It was literally, like, it was just Holiday's Puff, which I thought was funny as hell. Like, he said yes to that. Because I was like, I don't want to, like, waste my own time. And I felt like I was wasting his time. Like, clearly he doesn't think so. But, like, to be, like, yes to anyone's secondary, I thought that was hilarious. Because, like, maybe that's just, like, how you have to do if you're, like, in Japan, you don't, like, practice against Puff. You, like... You know, a person who doesn't know how to play Puff is at least better than a computer that, like, you know, just jumps around randomly, right? So, like, true. maybe that's better. But, yeah, I thought that was funny. That was the you big know, MTK the... thing, right? Yeah. MTK would just walk yeah. up to everyone else oh, yeah. like, do you know how to play this? Play and they're like, no. <laughs> I have can a, you play a Fox? Really, really funny. Like, can you play Ice Climbers? I don't know how to wobble. That's okay. <laughs> it's... Uh, at my, at the, at Summit 2, the first one I went to, like, when I, like, one of my first tournaments that I ever attended... Uh, I was just like nervous, uh, and I asked Mewtwo King to play, and he was like, "Can you play Puff?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, you're Mewtwo King." Uh, oh, no. And so like he would uh, pick FD, go Fox, and then just go, just rest over there, like miss a rest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would just laser me, get me to like thirty percent and down tilt, and that was it. And then he would go go like do it again. Yeah. And I did that for like thirty minutes because I didn't know how to be like. Uh, I was thinking we would play like an actual friendly. Yeah, that's um, that also 
It happened to me at Genesis. I was sitting next to Plup and M2K, and M2K, Plup didn't want to warm him up for Sheik Dittos because he's like, that's not fun. So <laughs> Mewtwo King asked me for Sheik Dittos, and he didn't know who I was or anything. And uh, Mewtwo King has this like simple philosophy of hitting someone with a move later is always better, like later in their hit stun. But he would down throw me and then sometimes try like jabbing me and I would tech down the jabber F tilt like while I was still in the air. And he would pause every time and just go like, dude, like you need to explain to me what's happening there. I see like Plup's like laughing at him because he knows what's up. I'm just like holding down and spamming tech. And yeah. he, he just like pauses and is like, no, no, like this is not a game anymore. I need to know what's happening. But I mean, like that's, you know, that works, I guess. <laughs> it it definitely worked for a while. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about the future of it, but definitely mm -hmm. worked for a while. But uh, let's get back to let's get back to summit because obviously, you know, I don't. Even though we've already seen Magi at summit and everything, I, I don't feel like it'd be kind of rude if we went out with, without talking about her. Um, yeah, so this is Magi's second summit. She's coming in, probably the best that she's been. You know, she's kind of been like after her her big rise and that mango win, she's able to be really consistent in in that tier. Um, which is kind of tough, but but I think she's she's like still been consistently good. I think she's still really good. Uh, probably not as much to say about her as there is for Sora and Tyler Swift, just because we know a lot more about Magi. But I don't know. Is there anything that you guys specifically have to say about Magi? Um, yeah, I want to say that uh, I honestly am, cannot believe that KGH like beats her yeah. up as bad as well as was, uh, if you've ever played against kgh right? it makes sense that guy is it's insane it's messed up he is so good against falco that was that was the first thing i thought when looking at magi's uh resume because like it you you would think that like oh if if this person struggles against this one other player in this matchup you know maybe this person it it would make intuitive sense for someone to come away thinking that that's not one of their matchups. But the thing with Magi is that her record against Fox is stellar. I took a look at a, I took a look at how she was doing in the matchup over the last like year, right? Since Smash Summit, uh, since Smash Summit Ten Online, and it's really a, it's it's quite remarkable. So she's won her last two sets over Sfat. She's won her last two sets over Null. She destroyed Plup's Fox. You know, I, I don't know what that means, but I, I would still say it's still... That's impressive it's, it's to like, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still, it's still Plup, right? Uh, she's won her only sets against Lucky, Aklo, Hacks, Esfot, Mott Money, and Chem. She split sets with Zan... The only times she's lost this matchup in the last year are a, a drop set to Zealot, earlier in their only in their only matchup earlier in the year and she split sets with zamu that's it so like overall this is like a it's like what like 14 sets or whatever and she's only lost two to fox while beating s fat lucky aklo like all these players that that's uh like that's so impressive and i think that that's the kind of skill that especially in a in a crowded field of summit with so many like foxes that can that can carry you like pretty far and i would actually go as far as to say that even if she's not favored in the matchup i think she's really scary for like yeah. especially if she's playing hot like she's really scary for someone like ibdw like you can't sleep on magi in that matchup yeah. she's so good at it and she's been playing it a lot i was gonna say the one thing is i really appreciated her dedication to the grind for summit i mean doing the subathon mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. start to she's probably still live right now so like you know that's that's something you know i would have quit so early if i was just getting having to play against kjh all that time i would have just been like look like i don't i don't want you around anymore i don't want you on this stream i would have been upset <laughs> but they took a they took a Yu -Gi -Oh break in the middle yeah. of their uh first to 100 oh first to 100 yeah 
That's a good format, by the way. I did one with Carol a while back because he used to do those and stream them. They're fun. Well, he did ninety nine stuff. Well, he did the yeah. I thought he did the stocks. Oh, they were doing a hundred games. Yeah, yeah. they're doing hundred games. Oh my god, I didn't even yeah, know that. That's, that's way awful. different. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> it was so insane. Much. Oh. And KGH was very consistently winning two to one on like at any point you could check in, and it was like Ooh. sixty to thirty or whatever. Uh, and I think it ended up like a hundred to fifty something. I mean, come on. I know we're talking about Magi here, but that's still pretty insane. What KJH yeah. has been doing for, like, what, a month? Two months yeah. after coming out of retirement? Yeah, he's already back to beating up yeah, Ginger. Just, it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, He he's just came a... back and it... Yeah, totally. It's ugly. That guy's a good. brain genius, dude. He's a brain genius. Yeah, he's just really consistent. Um, there was one time, like, way back, I went to his house after a tournament, and it was, like, a really long tournament day, and you know everything. And then the second he went back home, he was just labbing how to shark Falco's down air with Fox up air and like beat it. And this is like, this is like literally like 2016. And this is like just after a tournament, it's like, all right, let's like, I'm going to do this for like 30 minutes and just beat this Falco down air and get different fast falls with Fox up air. And I was just like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> how we start talking? I'm so sorry, guys. We, I was supposed to be gassing up Magi, but this all just proves out nasty KJH. Yeah. And the fact that Magi was able to take 50 games off of it. Yeah. yeah. Good, 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 good tie back in. No, I mean, I think we all know how good Magi is, right? Magi, yeah. is, Magi has been someone who's definitely been on the grind, definitely been on the tournament grind as well. Uh, and she, she does well. You know, she's able to prove it. So I, I think that getting to see her in summit again you know it's like it's not a question mark like Sora or, or tyler swift but it's gonna be super sick um wait i want to ask you something really fast yeah give me odds on magi leffen uh, uh i don't know seven if I three could ever, i could ever uh act like Mag or leffen would ever lose that unfortunately like magi could have a decent shot but uh, my leffen fanboy self uh, my unexplainable Leffen fanboy that I am, I, I can't possibly imagine a world where Leffen doesn't win that. I, I, It depends on how Leffen comes in, but I'd be willing to go down to 6-4 in Leffen's favor, depending on how his mentality is looking. That's crazy. Okay, I, I think 6-4 is a... And I'm a huge Leffen fan. I honestly think even 7-3 is like really overstated. Like, I, I think it's possible, but 7-3 seven, seven, and 6-4 is like... Like, like you have to think, right? Like, if they play ten sets, I don't think Magi wins four sets. Oh, oh, right. I was thinking odds of if they meet in bracket. I oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, I guess your no, I, your math works out there. You yeah, are right. I don't know. I, right. I'd probably like realistically at Summit twelve, and probably only at Summit twelve, and maybe go you know four to one or something. Well, this would be the opportunity for it, right? This would Rusty be the time. Leffen, right? I mean, hey, we we saw Leffen. He went down 0-2 versus Kinzo. Um, so, like, we've definitely seen Leffen be a little rusty. You know, that's... <laughs> How many results do you think would pop up if you search, like, rust in any form on Leffen's Twitter? As much as I love the guy, it's like... Yeah. It's... it's it all every single thing it's like uh, you know he's he's either rusty from not playing or then a tournament he de-rusts and then he's gets rusty again it's just a vicious cycle but yeah i mean we are at that part of the vicious cycle where he's like hey this is this is the real rusty leffen like we've seen we've seen rusty leffens before and they usually get like third at a major or something yeah, right? <laughs> uh but the idea of like you know is this the rustiest we've seen him he seems to kind of be 
not out of melee, but he seems to be kind of removed from it further than he ever has. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, hey, there's a we'll, we'll be doing a whole summit episode. Like questions to be had about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll do next week. Uh, we're talking we're talking the last two slots. Mm-hmm. We have yep. two people here. We have two people who will make it. Uh, but you know, that doesn't mean that you guys get to be friendly to each other. There's there's no perfect. <laughs> You can imagine that there's a perfect little world where you both make it, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it might be no a little rough. No it'll, be It'll be tough. It'll be tough. So uh, we're going to ask you guys some questions. We're going to we're going to see who truly deserves all these votes that are out there. <laughs> I what's, what's suppose the hundred and twenty thousand. Oh. Let's see who deserves these hundred twenty thousand oh, votes. We got some that. questions. <laughs> for you. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to play friendly, that's up to you. But uh, I feel like there's no friends when it comes to summit voting. So, so we'll uh, see how you guys answer. Uh, Edwin, I believe you have our first question for our guests. Yeah, I do. Um, the first thing I want to get out of the way is, um, you know, I did see your grudge match, um, the <laughs> undercard match at a, uh, and I and I have to say that already puts a, that already puts a free Palestine up one zero right right now in the yeah, in the scorecard. Sure. So you got some ground to make up, Wrangler. But maybe but you can make see, it up. Did you see the run back? The one game <laughs> I, I did see the one game. The, the one, one game where run the back. Ping was finally under one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Turned off the switch. All right. Yeah. Look, yeah. Ringler. It Ringler so and joking. Free Palestine. But but I want Ringler to go first, uh, mm-hmm. since he has ground makeup. Uh, who would be most afraid to face you at Summit? I'd say probably Zane. I feel like he'd just be like, oh, boy. <laughs> it relatively, relatively from where Zane is at to where I'm is at, I think Zane would just be like, Ugh, this, this is scary. Can I answer for Ringler? It's everyone. No one wants to lose to DK. Sure. <laughs> like, like, no one wants to lose to DK. Two points afraid. for me. Two points for <laughs> just me. Just being honest. No one... <laughs> Well, no, Who's it for I, you, Free Palestine? Yeah. Who would be most afraid of me in bracket? Um, damn, I have to say someone, huh? I'm gonna say Magi. I'd say oh, my likelihood okay. is pretty high against Magi, based on a large number of friendlies we've played. Friendlies, so it doesn't really count. But I, I do well after knowing how people play and like what options they go for. So I think if I, if I'm ready for it, I think I have a good shot at that. And uh, I think I've shown, um, I mean, I haven't played a bunch of people here. Maybe Tyler would, because I'm the only Sheik if I did go. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'm editing my, I'll say Tyler, because if I make Axe switch, you know, I mean, maybe he'll switch and beat me with Fox, and maybe that's not the best thing to say. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll amend oh, but my, he'll be scared I'll amend it to Tyler. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say Tyler. Very good. Uh, okay, so uh, next question. We will do. Um, how will you greet HBox if you get into Summit? <laughs> uh, if I'm wearing a hat, I will cover it. Because uh, uh, after I won Summit Eleven, I had my very nice, expensive cowboy hat, and he, I like walked over, <laughs> and he oh, just. Man. And with cowboy hats, you don't pick them up like that. Just some etiquette. Also, don't grab a hat off someone's head. <laughs> So I'm just going to like, I'll walk up to him and be like, hey man, what's up, dude? Don't, not this one. What about uh, Anise? You got an answer? Yeah, I'd dap him up. Say, what's up? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> know him like that. <laughs> and maybe he, he, uh, he seems he, he might be watching. He seems like one of those guys who is um, too powerful for his own good. I'd be afraid <laughs> to tap him up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get that's how you get the power. You need to absorb yeah. it. True. I feel like I'd end up on the ground somehow. <laughs> like, <laughs> take it as a threat and, like, flip you over. <laughs> All right. Free Palestine. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you another question. Okay. You get to decide Summit catering for one day. What's for lunch and what's for dinner? Lunch, I'm cooking for everyone. That's if, if I get to oh, – I'm damn. cooking a big spread. We're getting everyone involved. They have to help either cooking or cleaning. You know, we're going to put the melee on pause. We're going to do a cooking stream. So we're going to cook some lunch. It's going to be half Arabic because that's stuff I know how to make. Everyone else mm. everyone else decides, you know, you get some people, they decide a dish. We work on it together. You know, we do a lunch, uh, a big cooking stream. Dinner. Ooh, dinner. Because I, I feel like most of the Summit food is all just like fast food, right? I've never been, so I, I don't know. Like, but that's why I always hear about like Chick-fil-A or whatever. But, uh, you know, coming from Columbus, Ohio, I'm going to have to say it's got to be just like a lot of Cane's chicken fingers. And, you know, that's what uh, the stuff any, of any champions Kane's is. Coleslaw? That's all I'm going to say. Um, it's there, but only as a bait to roast people who take it. Okay. And so it's there as like a like, oh. So that's my answer. Very fair. Regular? Yeah. Uh, I think so. I would play the strategic part. Uh, I'm going with for lunch, 7 Eleven hot dogs. I opt out, bring my own food. Whatever gets them all to get food poisoning. And then for dinner, probably, uh, oh, they'll all feel like shit. So I'll get something really nice. Like I'll get like nice steaks or something. Ooh, make them upset. Yeah, yeah. They'll all be <laughs> feeling terrible. And so I get to eat all the, the good food. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. The way that you were saying it, you were like, I'll get everyone 7 Eleven hot dogs. I'll bring my own. I thought you were going to say, I'll bring my own hot dogs. My Hebrew National, way better. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not food poisoning based. Hey, look, you guys I, didn't uh, tell me hot dog day. <laughs> I had a 7 Eleven hot dog within the past two weeks. So, uh, yeah. okay. Last time I, mean, I got it wasn't one, good. I just, no, I no it's not it good. Wasn't do you, good. Do you but... get the chili with it? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I if you're getting a 7 Eleven hot dog, you gotta go the whole well. way. I didn't have a choice. It was the chili machine was out. <laughs> oh, out of order. Yeah. But enough about my fun at 7 Eleven. Uh, we got another question coming for you. The cheat is rushing towards the basket for a layup, and you're right there. You're in the paint. How do you stop him? Um, you don't. That is the cheat. He is a force to be reckoned, and you do not want to be posterized. So anyone who yeah. answers otherwise hasn't seen him in his old basketball playing days, nor has seen him since then. So the option is to get away, maybe commit some sort of foul. Maybe <laughs> if you're brave and you've got a helmet on, you take the charge. But other than that, you're – look, I'm going to be honest. I'm getting out of the way. There, There is no stopping him. That man is a wall. I think I would stand more likely trying to move the basketball post out of the way. <laughs> so that, that's what I would do. I would rush back and just try to push the hoop back. Like you're some sort of like, it over. like it's Looney Tunes. And you just pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a pretty good answer. Uh, free Palestine. 
the, the fouling him, I don't know about that. He's going to make the basket. Foul, yeah. You can foul him as much mm-hmm. as you want. That's just an and one. Oh, true. Dude's not missing that basket. So, uh, it's got to be really see. egregious then. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, Ringler. Too. Ringler, if you could pick one player in the whole world whom you'd like to beat at a major, who would it be? Going with Free Palestine. This is getting ugly. <laughs> I'm going with you now. Uh, wow. Oh. That's, I got Damn. one thing on my mind after that, that King of the Cube set. Look, we'll run, a, we'll run a money match if you want. I'll yeah. take it. Any, I'll take we'll it do any it day. at Summit. We'll do it we'll, at Summit. We'll do it on land, and so, you know, no yeah. excuses, no True. lag switch, nothing, and then we can settle the score on the 1-1 on Marth. You know, we'll take the best of three yeah, and see yeah. what goes on. But then if I lose, I'm going to Sheik because, I've, you know, I can't <laughs> I yeah. can't afford it after all this. <laughs> um, if you're asking me that same question, it's Dreffen, who is the best player in the world. Oh, that's true. You know, I saw that um, that melee. I think it was, I think it was you guys, did the interviews on who is like the the best of all time. No, was it PG stat? Well, PG Sorry. stats did it to make content yeah. for a melee stats. Yes, PG stats list. So, but, but Logan was the only one with the correct answer. Who was giving their top ten and on the fourth person said Dreffen <laughs> and then said no one else mattered. And I think that's a respectable top four. And um, yeah, if that's Mount Rushmore, that's Mount Rushmore. Yeah, um, I have. No, in your from... case, I actually believe you fully too. I, I am being <laughs> too. legit. I've... Yeah, I, I believe you. I've I've seen I've seen those sets. I'm playing Fox in that matchup now. I'm done with Sheik doing it. When someone ledge dash double spot dodges on you, it's like it's like why am I playing the same game? Like what are we doing? Like the guy's like literally using his invincibility to do two spot dodges to take a 50-50 to chain grab you to death. It's like okay, like he he has the most insane brain I think of any Smash. He plays by instinct alone. That's it. It's literally raw instinct, and I don't know other. You could you could hook his brain up directly to the game. Be the exact same. Now, uh, I want to ask you, does it make a difference whether you beat his Zelda at a major or, or Sheik? Or, yeah. or are you counting So both? there is no difference because if you asked him, he's always playing Zelda. And so this is, uh, this is not something Fair that enough. is a question. And out of respect for him, that is my answer is if I beat his Sheik, then I've beaten his Zelda. They're the same character. Zelda's on the character select screen. And uh, mm. how he would say is, I always play Zelda. <laughs> say god i've gone from never meeting Dreffen uh until like the last week of, of october to meeting him at smash world tour meeting him at main stage i guess already well seeing him at main stage hopefully going to see him at smash world tour finals uh yeah it's uh i, I don't know how i live my life pre it's a treat it's great <laughs> it's just like just the the life that i've begun living except for that 7-eleven hot dog has just been so much better <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he, he is aware that everything he says is gold, right? Yeah. He must be. He must be aware that he is unable to speak in anything but, like, the most, uh, beautiful... Ohio. He's from Ohio. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) Is that that how everyone from Ohio speaks? No, but Dreffin embodies everything that could be from Ohio. So, it goes, like, the other way around. (laughs) The, the Driven, primordial former, uh, yeah. former attendee. Oh yeah, cool. true. Yo, his his run to make it in was hype. I remember watching those those games. 
Was- Dude, his comeback on Shroomed, the, uh, the the set against KGH was also wild. Mm-hmm. Oh no my god. reason for him to, to go that hard. And yet... <laughs> and yet... He just did. He just did. Um, A top 40 player of all time, one might say. <laughs> oh, true. Mm. An unambiguous maybe, top 40 player of all time. No maybe question. one of our... Uh, one of our guests right here will make their way in the top 40 someday. Um, but until then, we have one final question for you guys. So this is the uh, the end of the segment. We're gonna we're gonna end it with this one. And um, I have lost track. Is it free Palestine who goes first, Edwin? <laughs> we uh, yeah, I feel, yeah, I forget where sure. we're at. Okay, sure. free Palestine doesn't matter. Okay. Tell us why you'd be a great attendee for Smash Summit 12. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak at all about this. But, um, you know, my tag is Free Palestine. I think it would be really cool. Summit is like a very unique tournament to have to be involved in with that sort of tag. You know, we talk about Nintendo and all that. But our scene being as grassroots as it is. This is like the only like political thing you can sort of do and get away with on this scale is what we're doing here in Melee specifically. You're in any other esport, you're not allowed to. It's not seen as something that's legitimate. Plus, I'm not bad at the game. I know what I'm doing. I play Sheik. You want to see Sheik? I do soft back airs. That shit's cool. I also play Fox and Marth. So, you know, as a player, I think I have what it takes. And um, I really, I really want to um, spread what i what i can you know just educating people because i've gotten a lot of good reception from the melee community and i've really appreciated that and um it's really meaningful to me and i i really mean that so um giving the opportunity to show that this is something that the melee players want if i um if i do make it in then you know that alone is is huge to me to show that they want me there and so you know i you know i guess that's my answer is you know want to be there to, <laughs> to be who i am all right ringler you get the last word tell us why you would be an incredible summit attendee i do play donkey kong <laughs> and i think that says a lot and like i think i i think my improvement over the past uh i'd say like prior to COVID happening i was on a really like good rate of improvement uh and then even coming out of that, just the amount of hours that I've been putting into the game, I think I'm at averaging like five hours a day of just unranked too. My soul is dead. I just play unranked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think I've put in the work. I think uh, I think I have what it takes to uh, really put the fear in a lot of players there. I just one zero. I just run, start off the game one zero to death and. I think I think the spaces are getting a little shook. Um, and I also just think, uh, really, the thing I come back to is I already won a summit. I don't understand what's going on that I'm not <laughs> invited in. Right. I don't know if they like lost the vod and don't remember, but like, I am the summit eleven champ. I don't understand. Like, Mango won the side bracket. <laughs> How did we forget to mention that? <laughs> Everyone uh, forgets. Yeah, I think I think both of you, you know, we had, we had our little our little fun uh, kind of we were poking fun at everything, trying to have a little bit of a competitive questionnaire, and I think you guys did great. But I mean, the 
truth is both of you guys would be great and both of you have the chance to make it in uh and i think that a, a summit with either of you or both of you i think would be really great and, and hey you know even the unfortunate case that a summit does not have either of you uh you know we we talked about how null and slug they, they can hold their own they're they're still they're they're good they're they're cool um so whatever we see i think is going to be really cool um but you know if we can kind of pivot to uh away from like a little bit of a, of a jokey kind of questionnaire I, I do have a some questions for each of you um but you guys can kind of expand on you know this is like uh your chance to, to kind of sum up what uh someone would mean or you know uh, kind of just like speak at length uh to people who might be watching who might not know everything um but I think both of you had like really really great answers and I, and I want to build on both of those uh you know for Anise, your answer about, uh, you know, kind of elaborating on your tag, I think it's kind of funny that for for Melee people, I've kind of been around your tag so much that it doesn't feel like a statement when I say it anymore, because I'm just like, <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the shit, Yeah, I right? agree. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, like, that doesn't mean it's lost meaning. It's, like, it's like pretty amazing that you've been able to get to that point. So, you know, we, we can talk about that, but, but before we get to that, um, I don't want to overshadow... <laughs> I don't want to overshadow Ringler, uh, but your your point about being a DK, yeah, that's dude. I want to talk more about that because uh, <laughs> I I remember, uh, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, Royal Flush twenty Royal Flush, the only Royal Flush in twenty seventeen. Uh, it was the first time that I met you. It was my first major. You walked up to me and you thought that I was some other guy. Uh, we we kind of <laughs> we hung out a little bit that major. It was kind of fun. We just kind of. Me, you, and, and Edwin kind of, like, wandered around uh, whatever casino it was. Um, mm. But at that at that tournament, uh, I think it was, like, you beat Ding, formerly Dingus Master, uh, Melee Stats, you know, affiliated. Uh, Edwin, I think you lost to Fishit. I think Green Ranger was also there. Like, I didn't lose to Fishit. I lost to New Jersey's finest. You lost to New Jersey's finest. Okay, maybe Green mm. Ranger wasn't there. Uh but yeah, just this like very funny kind of level of DK that we've seen before. But I mean, if we're talking about actual results, what you've been able to do since then, offline and online, um, especially offline, has been uh, really, really impressive. So I, I guess like we can expound on this a little more. Do you want to talk about what it's like to be the only person uh, who's kind of making these waves to this extent at the moment with your character? Uh, sure. I mean, it, it kind of comes down. I don't think I'm doing it alone too. Um, like I think I'm leading the pack, but there's a lot of like really like talent, talented, like fresh people coming in. Like there's a Dada, they're a, a box DK and they're just like finding new stuff every day. Uh, and they're also really good at, they're actually doing the DK cookbook. Uh, wow. Oh, so, wow. Like, yeah. Uh, so like, it's not just like me. I like I do like. I, I know I'm good. I know how, I know how to learn video games. Uh, fun fact about Royal Flush: I took a game off of Crush there. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but so like, you know. But I I've never thought that it's it's just me alone. Like I'm con we're constantly like bouncing ideas off of each other. There is a DK Discord. Uh, that's a good time. But it, it really comes down to uh, it, it's I, I like doing it so much because while I have all these resources, it 
there's no like true DK guide. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can watch a, a combo video or talk to a, you know, a top player or whatever. Uh, but I like that. I feel like the, uh, the onus is on me to figure out new stuff, find the new mix up, find the new punish. Uh, and just lately, I feel like I've been getting much better at doing that. Like I'm just, I feel like I'm constantly learning new stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's just such a fun experience to be like, like my favorite feeling is doing something and being like, I've never seen that before. And it's, you don't really get to do that with too many characters in melee. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's hard. You know, it's definitely not the easiest. <laughs> they aren't the easiest brackets in the world, but, uh, <laughs> getting through them is definitely super rewarding. Uh, and that's just kind of what keeps me going is, uh, the passion, the grind. What made you, what made you decide DK? <laughs> Laziness. I okay. played DK and PM and then oh. the cease and desist happened. And I was like, I know how to play DK and only DK. I don't want to learn Marth. So I was just like, all right, you know, fuck it. Let's see how far I can take this. And I'm pretty happy with how far I've taken it. And there's still more to go. Do you think you ever find yourself at a point, you know, we talked about Axe, we talked about Tyler Swift. Do you think you ever find yourself at a point where you might consider a secondary or was there ever a point where you were, you know, wondering if you made the wrong decision or was it all just DK with no looking back? I know the world will be a fundamentally different place if I did pick up Marth. <laughs> if I got that dopamine release from Marth, it'd be over. Um, But no, I mean, like in serious, uh, I think every, uh, you know, different stages of the grind, there's different points where you realize, oh, I'm playing a bad character. Like, there's the early one where you're like, oh, man, like, Fa Falco lasers are really hard to deal with. Maybe I should play Marth because he has an easier time dealing with that. Uh, and then it goes, like, there's the next level, which is like, huh, like, I go even with this person in friendlies or whatever or in tournament. And they get much farther than me in bracket. And it's like, I feel like I can beat similar players, but, you know, consistency is always going to be a, a negative factor for uh, low tiers for the most part. Like, very few people have ever broken through that barrier. Like, Axe is, I think, probably the player with the lowest tier character that's actually been able to maintain consistency at, at that level. There's really not many. Um yeah, uh, I've got. I've lost track of the question. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it, I it think seems what, like yeah. your, your passion it it shows. Yeah, uh, Edwin, right? Agree? Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, just just kind of give a little more meat to the question. Like, what do you think would be the like? What are the matchups that you're trying to figure out uh, new solutions and or like uh, or uh, work around right now that are problem matchups? Right now, Falcon's a big one. Um, because, and it's so funny because you would think, well, Falcon is worse than Fox and Falco and he's a fast follower. That should be a better matchup for DK. Uh, but just the way those kids interact, like Falcon's Nair is such an oppressive, oppressive tool. If you do anything on D yeah, yeah, no, like FB knows. FP yeah. knows. I used to play DK, and I still sometimes do. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention that at some point. Yeah. I, I know you mained him for a bit. It's. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, it's uh, Falcon, 
Uh, I feel like I've really come into the Falco matchup lately, which is nice because that's one of the main barriers uh, of entry for DK. Um, a lot of DKs find success pretty early on against like Marth, uh, just because that's uh, it's like DK's fundamental matchup. It's like where his skill set shines most, uh, and Falco kind of can uh, is the consistent barrier. And I feel like now I'm better at, against Falco than I am against uh, Fox at least. Uh, but yeah, Falcon's a tough one. Puff's a tough one, but I'm working on that. Uh, trying to readjust like the way I think about neutral. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Falcon and Puff are the ones that I, I feel the least secure about. Uh, but you know, figuring new stuff out. It's, it's fun. It's rewarding. Yeah. Um, getting to watch you is really fun because you kind of, <clears throat> it's like, uh, you feel like you've seen it all and then <laughs> pull up something else. And it definitely feels like something that melee, you know, I feel like what we've seen from the, the few characters that we have, we do see all the time, um, seems to be kind of pushed to a limit where we kind of understand it. Um, but it's like something you get from other traditional fighting games where you'll have like random characters pop up and do really well. Uh, and it really shows how the person behind the character um, really has such a great grasp of it. I've watched sets of yours and uh, I'm like having trouble remembering any specific situations, but there's some amazing situations um, where is there something that you do versus like um, spacey side beams versus spacey up B where it's like you, you do some sort of uh, uh, up B that covers maybe not both, <laughs> but like what, it, what is it? Cause I've seen it before right. and it's like blown my mind every time I see it, but I cannot remember what it is. So, DK up B is a top five move in the game attached to a bad character. That move is so insanely broken. It's invincible frame two in the air until five uh, with an active hitbox during out all of that. Uh, and so especially against Falco, you just get proximity to them with up B and it's over. They, they like, unless they do... Uh, you can cover every angle with various parts of your kit um, but, uh, yeah, no. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this is DK shine spike. Like this is exactly as lame as any shine spike, except it takes 30 seconds. And I just get to like, it's so fun. Just being like, you're here with me now. You, you are here off stage. You are not a good character anymore. Um, but yeah. And that's one of those things, I, you would not believe some of the mix-ups. Like, there are so many layers of mix-ups that I've, uh, like, found out just against Spacey. Like, you know you can grab uh, Spacey going to ledge if they don't sweet spot it? You can grab them from standing on stage. And they just teleport into your arms. But yeah, no, I I love I love the uh the the bullshit that DK gets from Uppy. It is oh oh it's great. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna see the end of it anytime soon. That's the, <laughs> that's, the that's the fun part too. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have an end in sight. Um but yeah, I mean uh Edwin, I don't know if there's anything that you want to talk to Ringler about specifically because uh obviously, you know, Free Palestine I want to talk to him about the work that he's done through melee um with activism and, and you know that's just his his general kind of philosophy about that but uh if i don't want to mix D 
DK talk with Free Palestine talk. <laughs> so if you have a question, now would be the time. Yeah, uh, I guess my only other question uh, would be, you know, I, I, I've seen you get a lot of really good results at Verdugo. I know you had a really strong main stage as well. As far as like uh, current goals go within, that are local oriented and within SoCal, uh, just tell me like as far as whoever you're like, um, like is there anyone in SoCal you really want to beat or any specific ranking that you want to make on the PR or anything like that? Uh, for whatever reason, I don't like those kinds of goals for myself. Um, my, like I've tried working with them, like setting a framework of like, uh, here's what I want to do at this point. Here's what, like, here's who I want to beat. Here's who I think I could beat now. How do I need to practice it? I find it doesn't work for me. I, I find that I get, uh, unmotivated if I don't like goals for whatever reason, structured goals really unmotivate me because I'm like, well, no, I don't want to play to beat one person. I don't want to play to get seventh or whatever, you know, at a local, I want to like, I think I can get really good at this game with a bad character. And you know, the, the goal has always been uh best player in the world since day one, just best player in the world. Uh, and that's not a, like realistic goal. Uh, but that is the only goal that I've found that motivates me to want to play where it's like, Oh no, I just want to get better. That's, that's the only goal I've ever had. And probably the only goal I ever will have. Um, and yeah, summit's just one of those opportunities where it's like, that's why I go to summit. That's why from day one, that's why I bought the summit pass is like, I want to play the best players in the world. Uh, if I, and even if I can only play them for a short amount of time, cause I'm playing fucking DK. Uh, like I want that practice and I want that experience. Uh, and I found that it, it works. Have you gotten a chance to play any, anyone like mango or, or IBW or Zane and friendlies? Yeah. Uh, there was, I mean, yeah. Uh, most of the time, like, Oh, this is really funny. I, I don't know why Wizzy has started just walking up to me and asking me to play. And I'm like, what is going on? What what, am, what are you gaining from this experience? Well, how, tell us what it's like playing him. Like, how, how are the games and everything? It's way more fun than I would have thought watching him play. I actually really enjoy playing against Wizzy. Um, it's uh, because he doesn't have that much exposure to, to all of my gimmicks and all of my tricks. Uh, and the way he plays with, you know, a, a respectful play style of... Uh, you know, avoiding my space and then getting me on my uh, uh, inactive frames or whatever. Uh, it just gives me more time to like think, okay, how do I want to apply this new thing that I'm working on? Like, uh, this guy's really good. He's not going to fall for my dumb tricks of, you know, doing a bad bear on his shield up B immediately uh, to beat, beat out a shield grab. That might work once. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I'm just really appreciative. He's also a nice guy. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, and it's just a like, it's like a little point of pride where I'm like, oh, he has me to play. He has me to play. <laughs> Maybe I'm completely unfounded in that pride, but I'm like, it feels good. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, dude, he's. It's like 
10 D chess. He's waiting for H box to counterpick DK. He's like, if H box <laughs> counterpicks DK, I'm ready. <laughs> He's he saw the nest years ago. He knows that anything could happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wizzy Wizzy, amazing player at, at main stage. Uh, he came over to the TO desk yeah. to ask for something and YCZ was hanging around and YCZ was like, Hey, your mask is on upside down. And Wizzy was just like, can I keep it this way? <laughs> As if like, you know, YCZ is the one who is like, yeah, you're allowed to. Yeah, I'm, I'm the uh, the one who controls how people wear their masks around here and I'm going to let you do it. Uh, but fun. yeah, not to not to derail too much. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, I do think what you've been able to do with characters is pretty, pretty crazy, you know, because uh, like I <laughs> have you seen a difference in in how people have. Like, are people taking you more seriously now that your resume kind of stands up a little more, or are they is it still kind of side eyeing the DK choice? Like, how do people treat uh, your general, you know, character? Uh, I think where they're used to just be like, you know, why are you playing DK? Like, come on, dude, don't play DK. Uh, now it's more like they're annoyed that I'm good now. <laughs> it's it's morphed into like, it's not even like I don't want to lose to Ringler. It's like. It is annoying that Ringler is good enough to beat me with a bad character. And uh, I think that feeds into, like, pe- now people feel the fear. <laughs> now it's like, they start they start tilted. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely, like, a case of, like, the, the shift has not been of, like, one of respect of, like, oh, you actually got good. And more to a, like please pick up a legitimate character. So I feel less bad about losing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think, uh, so I I know we talked to you for a bit about your like melee goals, um, you know, sort of how you feel about the game and how you feel about DK. I just want to uh, quickly pivot back to a free Palestine for a sec. Um, We talked earlier in the year and I actually interviewed you about like sort of where you were at with the uh, net play for Palestine event, how stuff, how um how that was going for you and your involvement in that i actually want to ask you also something gameplay related um when we talked about this briefly earlier in the year you mentioned that playing online was not really like like you played doubles a lot with uh, online and found fun in that but you weren't you just didn't feel the same rush of competing in singles brackets for a rollback and you're waiting for land to return so since we spoke back then you know a ton of land events have returned we haven't seen like a genesis caliber event but we've seen main stage we've seen we've riptide. seen riptide you went to riptide as well mm-hmm. i want to ask you where are you at with competing now how do, how do you feel about singles i mean i want to take it really seriously i mean honestly uh, i'm still a little bit concerned with corona you know just because after you know seven to eight months after tournaments require certain things, you know, uh, efficacy wears off and stuff. And you don't know where people have been and all that. And I still live with my folks. So I'm still, you know, a little bit worried in that regard. I want to be back and competing as soon as possible. I might go, depending on how I feel 3 p.m. tomorrow, there's a tournament in Michigan called Super Meet, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I might go to mm-hmm. that and stay the night there, which would be a lot of fun. Um, I want to be back in it uh, as soon as possible. And uh, I mean, I've been... I've been playing the people here locally too, whenever I get the chance. Um, so, I mean, competing wise, I'm signed up for Genesis. Hopefully I can go to summit, um, signed up for smash camp. So in terms of competing, I, I want to be there, um, as soon as it, you know, as soon as possible, pretty much. And, um, you know, maybe right this second, I don't think I, uh, I guess I, I'm not certain that going to a local every week is the best idea right now for certain reasons. 
Um, but I would love to, and, uh, you know, I love my local community too. So, um, I've been just trying to space it out a little bit in terms of the events I go to and kind of what situations are there. And, you know, I know that that's the reason why a lot of other players aren't, you know, attending certain things, you know? Um, so I think that's, I hope pretty fair. Um, but my motivation has never been higher to be good and to think about melee and to be practicing and, uh, since that time, I've really enjoyed um, trying to come to a deeper understanding of of situations, not just what can I do in this situation, but like what is this situation like? Like almost like a like a chess situation. You know, what is the other player even thinking? You know, what are their options? Um, and kind of coming to a more uh, synthesized view of melee. And uh, one of the things I'm actually excited for is to speak about melee, given the opportunity. Yes, I know there's a lot of times where players are commentators, so that's something I've really not specifically commentary, like, you know, going to a major and doing commentary instead of playing or something, because I am a competitor first, but I've really enjoyed uh, understanding the game and talking about the game, kind of, uh, you know, talking with other people about it, too. I think that um, there's a certain beauty in Melee about just any situation you can talk for 30 minutes about, and I think that's that's why we keep coming back to the game, right? The amount of depth we have where, you know, just now Foxes are saying, maybe, maybe Shine back air isn't good. Maybe you do the Shine and then you jump and do a Nair and, you know, you can go on Twitter and see a bunch of people like that. So I, I've really enjoyed how fresh Melee has been recently, um, despite all that. Put through all that. All right. I actually have a question for, for both of you now. I think uh, I think this is, this is actually uh, something I thought about a lot over the last, like, two and a half weeks. And I want to hear both of your opinions on, not just as Summit nominees, but, you know, people who people who have had results, like, pretty people who have, had a history of notable results so i want to ask you too with with land kind of coming back majors getting uh, returning to the swing of things as, as they were before the pandemic um you know do, do you feel like uh do, do you feel more motivated or like is your motivation for the taking the game seriously and uh is and like competing at events is any of it pushed or propagated or like is any of it relevant relevant to the existing of like any rankings that may or may not uh, be coming up in the future or anything like that. Like, does it feel weird knowing that whatever results you have this year are just kind of exist in the aether that no, that there's no like cemented MPGR for 2021. Do you think that, uh, you know, from a competitor, from a competitor standpoint for you two, is that something that you, is that something that you uh, like has been in your mind at all about or not? Or not really. Um, I actually liked Ringler's answer earlier, and I was kind of of the same notion where I don't like setting a certain goal, you know, to be top 50 or something, because not only are you limiting yourself, but um, sometimes it, it feels like uh, if you if you set those goals, it's kind of uh, you set yourself up to fail by, you know, it could be not even your own progress. You know, the top 50 players could just be so good, and it's not fault of your own maybe you're 51th or something but uh 51st and uh <laughs> and uh thankfully, no, 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 i think you're right the first time uh, and thankfully um uh after after getting 101 which was very funny and then being placed i've i've tried to as much as possible uh, not tie any self-worth of myself into any rankings or anything like that you know we know they're subjective we know they're based on recency and a lot of other things i'm sure you guys know a lot about that um so i've been I'm not particularly motivated by rankings, whether they're there or not anymore. 
um, just especially after going to a ton of events, I want to go to the events that I think are run well, that'll be good competition, you know, safe and have a great time. And so whether the ranking is, you know, for this event or that event, um, I don't think any more will change how I think about the game or how I view it. And I think personally, that's a really healthy thing for me. I know other people, it motivates them to say, you know, I've done this or I'm this number or whatever it is. But um, nowadays, um, just focusing on what I can focus about and not, not worrying where I land within a, a sea of other people in some way. And uh, that's been better for me and, you know, my mental health in general. So mm-hmm. that's, I guess, where I'm at. And regular, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I, I, yeah, similarly, uh, what I, what I've been like kind of thinking about just, uh, because like I've been doing well at locals and I've, you know, had some good showings at majors. Uh, one of the things that I've kind of realized is, uh, like tying myself, like my, any self-worth to a, a ranking is also like tangentially like tying my self-worth to like the downfall of others. Like, so if I'm like, if I want to get 10th on the SoCal PR or whatever, like, but I don't want anyone to like, you know, do worse or whatever. I want to earn 10th and just be 10th. But I think like things get kind of muddled in that mentality of like, it's hard to like, I mean, and it, like it's a failure on my part. It's hard to like be like really root for the boy every time when you're also gunning for the same spot that your friend is gunning for, you know, it, it just gets muddled. So uh, like, that's why uh, I think like rankings are nice. I, I won't say like, I would say I'm disappointed that there's, you know, no global top 100 just because I like that. It's a fun experience from a, a spectator and a competitor to like drive for that. Um, but in terms of like mental stability and just mental health, I think, all I ever want to do entering an event is go in feeling like I'm only here to play, play the best I can. I'm not here because I want to grind like a win out and that'll boost me on some spreadsheet somewhere. I want to play my best and I want to feel like I'm able to play my best. And that's, what's important to me now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been able to, to get to speak to a few players about stuff like this. And, um, I mean, I think everyone has their own way of looking at it. And I think that if people set their goal as like, just get to top 100, I think that's fine. You know, it's not on me to like say what's a good goal and what's a bad goal. But the people who I spoke to who seem to have the best relationship with Melee, it does tend to be a personal thing, right? It's it's about playing your best and it's about, you know, just playing better than you did the last tournament that you entered. Uh, it's, you know, trying to achieve some sort of potential and it doesn't really have to be tied to a number or to, you know, a specific win. Uh, and I think that's the stuff that we see from people who are able to play the game for, you know, years. Uh, I think that's a really healthy, interesting mindset that I think uh, is pretty crucial for people to stick around for the game. So that's really cool to, to hear that from both of you. I'm actually interested. Uh, do you find that that changes the better the players are? Like, I feel like once you're sort of in the range where Ringler and I are, maybe from, mm-hmm. like, 50 to, like, 500th in the world or whatever it might be, versus, like, once you get into the top 20, do you think, like, there it becomes, like, a different ego thing again? Because the way I see it looking into, like, the top 10, top 15, top 20, I feel like it, for me, it doesn't make sense that it occupies their thinking or their thought process a lot. But 
just looking at like videos or when they talk on stream, a lot mm. of people, it seems like it does matter. And I'm not sure if it's just like, because once you get like, you know, in the top 10, it's like, oh, that's like, that's when it actually uh, matters versus like the top 100 or what. Wait, I don't know what your, your perspective is uh, or like what your experience with talking to other people like this uh, goes, but, um, but I feel like it's a very case by case thing. Mm -hmm. Like it really depends on the personality in person. Or it really depends on the person because like you'll 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 find like different top 25 players who don't give it much thought at all and then other top 25 players where it's genuinely like a very stress inducing but like important part thing in their day that they think about okay yeah it's this interesting thing that we look at um melee uh specifically but smash in general has a lot of like uh infrastructure in, in its scene that i don't think a lot of other scenes necessarily have uh, and I think it's because, you know, <laughs> I guess we have a Nintendo tournament, but I, uh, or Nintendo, you know, whatever. Uh, but for most of our, our lifespan, we kind of had to make stuff ourselves. And I think it, it did mean that we had to be self-sufficient and doing so led us to have, you know, seeding that tended to go further than other FGC games, or you have stuff like rankings, right? You know, uh, not having a circuit, led to us kind of having to make it on our own. And I think that, that we have top 100s that, you know, I don't think I've ever, I've seen other games that, that put together top 100s for their, their uh, player base to that same extent. Um, but it does, you know, it does have some effect. Uh, like, like Edwin said, it's case by case. You, know, you can talk to someone like Captain Face or <laughs> Face Roll. Uh, and, and Face Roll will just kind of have an opinion that like, you know, as long as he is playing good and it doesn't really matter, it's it's not you know not really important to to put a number to it or anything like that. Um, you have people who it's just like if it's not first, then it doesn't matter, right? If it's not first, then it means they yeah, got got to keep going. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it anything saying anyone's name would be conjecture because I don't know anyone's story well enough. Uh, I haven't been able to speak to anyone about this, but I I think it's not crazy to say that. Like Edwin mentioned, there is probably stress involved with this. Uh, it's it's not crazy oh, that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but like we've got we've seen players go really far and get like really highly ranked, and then they suddenly stop playing, and it, it's hard to, you know, without speaking to them about it, it's hard to give like a specific reason. But I feel like the pressure that's put on rankings and the pressure it's is this person top ten, is this person top fifteen, right? Um, when you get to that certain level it's not a personal thing anymore. Right. You know, you talk about yourself, you talk about Ringler, that's like a different level. Uh, the entire smash community is not going to say, Oh, is Ringler 80th in the world. Uh, but the entire smash community is going to say, well, who's better Zayner mango. Um, so when you get to that level, you know, it's, it's a personal thing, but it's also a personal thing that is very public. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And as we kind of, we are kind of in like a weird time because we are going to get the, oh God, what is it called? It's called the PGR paths to something or whatever. Um, there's going to be like a, a non ranked, a non numeral ranked uh, PGR list that they announced that's coming out uh, in the near future, which is going to be cool. It's going to be like, Hey, these players are good. <laughs> um, but for all intents and purposes, we, we are not like, we're not having a ranking. Um, and it's kind of getting to the thing where like, people say that they don't like rankings and now there's not a ranking and it's like well you know it's, it's kind of kind of funny to see how people react but yeah i think we're in a little interesting time and it's a cool time to reflect on what rankings mean to our scene but um 
maybe maybe for another time maybe we'll do an episode on that because i think it's a really interesting topic that uh as someone who is you know involved with the the mpgr has been involved in top 100 for years uh i definitely would be first to admit that there is a lot of leeway to it and i think that anyone who looks at a top 100 and kind of goes like okay well you know this person is definitively better than this person uh, i think it's the wrong idea to go about it but um uh, but yeah I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to talk about on that. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I, I think we've had a lot to talk about all today. I think we're getting kind of to the end of it. Um, we have we have a few things that I want to do before we go. Uh, so we're not at the end just yet. But um, one of the things that we like to do on this show, it's a segment that is officially unnamed. Sorry, Edwin, you got something? Yeah, no, th- there is one patron question that I... Uh that I want to get to before we get oh. to this segment. Oh, okay. Do we do patron questions before or after? I, uh, we I, usually do it before. Okay, I do the show every week, and I forget. Okay, so we're going to have some patron that, questions for you. That's okay. There's just one. So usually we talk about how uh, how good or bad the patron questions were for this week. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to say that the, the fact that I picked one should uh, tell you. <laughs> so, well, to, to be fair, we... Uh, well, to be fair, we, we already asked some of them for, uh, for, to be fair, we already asked some of them a bit beforehand, but, um, yeah, they, here's one. I will say, you know, we like to joke about how bad they are. And then the next week they're usually good. And then we don't joke about how bad they are. And the next week they're usually bad. Uh, they, we had a couple of people ask questions. And the reason why we only have one is because we used a lot of them as serious questions to ask you guys. Like it's, it was like a, a real thing that, that kind of was um consistent with the show that we're making so yeah they make bad questions every now and then but this week maybe wasn't the worst but uh but yeah edwin you want to go ahead with that question yeah so uh sf would like to ask uh what achievements are you most proud of for both of you presumably within melee um for me personally um i would say event wise um, and this is going to be, uh, maybe you guys could correct me. I don't know which Kilroy it was, either three, four, five, or six. So there's a big range there. But I yeah. won a Kilroy being seated fourth out of my state. Like, you know, it was an out of state tournament. And um, in winners, I went down to Slocks and then switched to Marth and beat him. And then in grand finals, I started Marth and then reverse 3 0 Zamu with Sheik. And that was like one of the moments where I was like, first of all, I was seated fourth. So like I wasn't supposed to win and I won through winners, but having kind of the confidence and sort of gambling to switch characters and it turn out well against two Foxes, it sort of helped me understand myself a lot and how I should counterpick. And so it was like an achievement in understanding why the hell am I playing two characters? Well, it worked out this way. Let me think about why that worked. And so that tournament is, uh, is a big deal to me for, um, not maybe an achievement, but like personal growth through the achievement of having gotten first at that tournament. It was a, it was a big deal to me to have figured out, like sort of through desperation, you know, sitting there when you're down 0-2, you know, it's sort of a hard thing to start making decisions on what you should do in the game. But um, being in that position and coming out on top, I think, uh, is an achievement that I'm I'm pretty proud of in that regard. And Wrangler, yeah. Um... It's, uh, I've used it as a joke, but it is a serious answer. But the the fact that I got 25th at main stage twice, uh, like, especially with this main stage. So, like, for those who don't know, um, 
I had a massive panic attack uh, while playing uh, Azul. Azul? Azul? I never know. Um, where I took, and this is a thing that happens to me where um, I'll go into a set, I'll feel prepared, uh, and I'll like take the first stock or the first game, and then it's like, well, okay, to do it again now. Uh, and that's like a big struggle for me. And so I lost the set uh, and was like, I, I mean, I couldn't like feel my arms. They were like just pins and needles and empty. Um, and I was just like, uh, and I had the thought to myself, like, obviously I was frustrated. I was like, cause it was one of those situations of uh, my mind is working fine, but like, I can't communicate anything to my hands. Uh, and so after that set, you know, I, wa I, you know, went and splashed some like cold water on my face, trying to just trying to get my heart rate down. And I had the thought of like, well, that's the worst feeling I could have in tournament. And I'm probably not going to have that bad of a feeling again. Uh, and so from there, I was just like able to go in with like such a clear head about things and being like, you know, not even internally referencing back to that feeling and being like, well, I'm not there yet. Uh, but just like the, the emotional security of being like, okay, I don't need to freak out like that again. I, I like, I don't need to feel that way. Uh, I can, if I lose, I lose. Um, but you know, I can maintain my, the mentality I need to, I think to compete just having like the worst case scenario happen. It's like, okay, that just means I lose. I don't die. I just lose. Um, and I was just turned and then having that because main state, the first main stage was such a, a good performance for me. Uh, and such a, a, uh, demonstration, of my growth as a player. So to be able to like do that again at an arguably even more, like the first main stage was already stacked. I think the year the first main stage happened, it was the highest proportion of top 100 entrants to total entrants. I don't, I don't know the stats on that. You guys would probably be able to find that easier. Um, but, and this one was arguably like, people are good. Like, you know, people have gotten better over quarantine. And so for me to be able to go into that and like beat for beat, get that same placement at arguably a harder tournament. I was like, oh, okay, like the stuff I'm doing is working. Yeah, equally yeah. impressive showings. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously you had that that very <laughs> that very funny uh, match versus Shroomed. Yeah, uh, and you had you had another uh, set at the original main stage versus Amarth, who shall go unnamed. <laughs> but I will say, uh, if you catch the vod of that, I am in the front row, and I'm literally. <laughs> I go like this at the end of it. Uh, and funny story, I picked up the shirt that I wore at that. <laughs> I forgot. I almost, I didn't put two together. I almost wore that shirt today, but I decided to pick a different shirt. Oh. Uh, but yeah, if you if you want to see uh, Ringler beat a uh, Marth player who we don't talk about anymore, and if you want to see <laughs> no. me in the background, that is out there on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, no, that's. Uh, I really I really do love that answer. Very very candid. Very you know, kind of speaks to to both levels of success you know both in game and and kind of mental um so i really appreciate that that's a really really good answer um as we 
as we go from that, maybe maybe the answers that we'll be having to this next segment are a little <laughs> less deep, but you know that's kind of part of it. Uh, we've had a really great episode. We're talking all about melee. Uh, one thing that I think is really important when you talk about melee is you know people have to know that we are stuff outside of melee, right? We are we are people. We are multifaceted human beings. <laughs> um, so we have a segment that is officially unnamed, uh, colloquial, colloquially known as touching grass. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to go around we're going to talk about something that has been, you know, something that's been important in our lives or something that we've been interested in lately, something that we've done recently. Um, that is nothing to do with melee because, you know, we, we are people who like, I think there's the melee community really doesn't get a chance to show their non-melee sides a lot. So this is a good opportunity. Um, so I'll go first. So you guys have some time to think, uh, this, past week uh monday i went to uh to a concert um it was for an artist called named uh caroline polachek i got to see her a little bit at the pitchwork music fest in september uh and i thought she was really great so i, I got tickets to this this is an album that i've been listening to since it came out in 2019 uh and she was amazing i was uh technically second row but the woman in front of me was like anywhere from 411 to 51. So, I feel like that's fr- front row because yeah. I'm just there like <laughs> an opposing person above her. Uh, but that was a it was a really th- cool thing to see. I, I you know, as safe as it, I can be, I've been trying to go see a lot of concerts and uh really, you know, really great performance. It's one of those things where it's just like you know, I wanted to go to concerts really bad during the pandemic and they weren't happening. And then I got to my first concert post pandemic and it's just like, oh, is this what I came for? Am I just like waiting in line outside and then I go wait in the venue inside and then I wait in between sets after an opener that I don't really care about. But every show I've been to has been great. It's it's like, you know, the, the waiting doesn't matter because I've seen so many incredible artists, uh, even the openers for every single show I've seen have been so good um so so i i will say that the show i saw with uh an artist i've never heard of called okay lou who opened uh and the show that uh with uh caroline polachek I, I will say that's the thing that's been going on with me edwin what uh what's been going on in your life recently uh i've been watching so much spongebob i just finished season <laughs> one today uh i love it so much it's it's so it's funny the, the writing is great i think even the way the like obviously the animation is very like early 2000s but i think the way they, no, they the uh, use great. The animation to like tell the story of like different uh to like convey different ideas and stuff is just it's really sharp like i just think it's such a great show um I knew something was wrong with me though because I was describing to my uh, to my spouse how much I love uh, SpongeBob and like revisiting it, and I was telling them I was like, "This is like this is like The Sopranos, but an animated <laughs> animated TV show." It's the Sopranos, of, and then I it hit me that like you can't compare these two things. <laughs> this is like what a ridiculous. That's the Boss Baby tweet. That's the guy who has seen only Boss Baby. Can you feel Boss Baby vibe from this? That's. <laughs> Yeah, that's so I just I love SpongeBob. Uh, the only other thing I would say that uh that's been taking up a decent part of my life. Uh, I got back into Dungeons and Dragons, and I've been DMing for my uh for my hometown friends and like our, our social circle and everything. So I I've known these guys like my my whole life. So we had our first session like last week, and uh, I've been doing this uh variant of a pretty um of a pretty common like starter module 
for D and D. So I basically created like this segment to kind of uh, like teach them how to roll die and stuff, like the general gameplay mechanic to kind of get them accustomed to the game. They create their characters and stuff. It was really fun. I, w- I was pretty nervous heading into it because like I didn't have any custom maps or anything built out, but I had like a script. I had a game script of what I expected to happen. Like I kind of modeled a the world around like learning the core mechanic of the game. And uh, we, we, it ended up being really fun. Uh, we even got to see a nice, uh, my, my friend's girlfriend, unfortunately uh, had her character die because an ogre uh, hit her with a tree branch and she, and it did like a bunch of damage. So her character died like instantly. So it was great. Like there was, was even like a graphic, like I got to describe like what the cutscene would have looked like and stuff. Uh, it's really fun. It's honestly been like, uh, I used to DM Call of Cthulhu like last year oh, yeah. during the pandemic. So I wanted to get into D and D just cause that's a little more streamlined, but like low key, uh, it's always been my, uh, if, if melee stats ever got like really big enough to where like we do stuff outside of melee, I, my dream is to do like a, is to DM a session with like Ambi and wheat and like a couple other melee stats people. I think hey, it'd be really, uh, you can make really it happen fun. without it being a content thing. I'd be happy. No, to it has to be it. a content thing. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, we you only exist for the content. <laughs> yeah. We have to be as big as the yard. Uh, it's all, only about the content, nothing else. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I just think uh, I, I think it would be really fun. A- anyways, that's what I've been up to. What um, free Palestine, I'm gonna let you go next, but I have a, a burning question. What's uh, what's your favorite SpongeBob episode? Uh, in the first season, the the one I really enjoyed. I honestly love the uh, love Plankton's introduction episode. I think oh, that yeah. that one is really good. Uh, I the, also really the like one with the uh, like. Shut up, you mediocre clarinet player. That oh, that one. That's, that's the one where he takes over SpongeBob's brain and SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, one of one of my favorite uh, uh, sequences from the episode is when uh, it's the running gag where he has the record player and he's playing like this theatrical <laughs> music in the background. And the second time, they're like one of the times he does it when he like enter spongebob's mind or whatever he puts on the record but instead of this like evil music in the back there's like this fake children's song that's like easy as the alphabet a b c while plankton's like laughing or whatever before he quickly like replaces it back with the the evil music or whatever it's so good it's just like such a well well done show i don't know we gotta I, we gotta pivot we're gonna start talking we're just, just gonna be talking Spon- talking bob <laughs> That's what it's gonna be called. Talking and, Bob, and we can we can pivot that to anything related about any Bob. That's the that's the thing. I mean, SpongeBob Bob Odenkirk. SpongeBob has yeah. We after SpongeBob we do Bob Odenkirk. Uh, SpongeBob has so many episodes that I I don't think we have to worry about the future of a podcast. But uh, yeah, after that we'll go through <laughs> filmography about Bob Odenkirk. Uh, SpongeBob. I gotta I gotta watch it because uh, I I went through it recently. I was going to go through the whole thing and I got like four episodes in and I thought it was amazing, but I, I just like didn't make time for it. Uh, SB, what's it called? SB 129 or whatever. Uh, oh, the yeah. future one. Yeah. That, that oh, that, that one. Ago. Yeah. That would be up That's, there. It's amazing. Yeah, that would be like All top right, five. About, we'll keep it for talking, Bob. Uh, Free Palestine. <laughs> what has been going on with you recently? Um, one thing that I've sort of picked up while in quarantine, you know, kind of just stuck at home and everything is um, I got a motorcycle and then I learned Ooh. to. I bought it without a license and just kind of like learned to drive on like a small 250 cc sports bike 
And then um, I made the decision to go to a 1,000cc, like, which if you don't know, they're just like stupidly large. Like it's just like twice as fast as my car. I didn't need it. Um, and so that's been something that's been really exciting for me. I'm back to a 50cc moped, which has like pedals on it. And I just put down the street with my two stroke making dumb noises at 34 miles per hour. Cause that's <laughs> the absolute max it's got. Um, it's really cold now in Ohio. So that's kind of, you know, on the back burner, but, um, you know, I've, I've been working on my car a lot. I have a 35 year old car. It's like an enthusiast car. So I've been sort of working on that. It's broken right now. It's a piece of garbage, but, um, yeah, working on my crappy car and my moped nowadays is, um, is how I, I get some thrills, you know, just out in the suburbs. It's, you know, you know, I figured it was, uh, it was at least a little bit of fun and I could learn something and I get a throw from it. And, uh, it's been something that uh, I didn't think I would be into or do, but then I sort of just like did it and I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. I at least know how to do that now. Um, so that's something I've been enjoying. It sounds very fun. And I've seen pictures of the car. It's a beaut. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, um, regular. What's, uh, what's been going on in your life? Uh, you know, it's, it started it you know what it never started as a meme i am just totally fish pilled now i fish as often as i can which is not that often there's not many good spots for like mm. to actually like be out in a pretty part of nature and fish in la um but like at uh at riptide me my buddy austin and uh trey were just like uh we might have we ditched top eight and just found uh like a gated community and snuck in and bought shitty fishing poles at uh walmart uh and it, it's awesome like because the beauty of it is i don't like hiking i've never liked hiking but i do i will go hiking to go fishing so it's like uh you're like a kid going through their vegetables to get to to make sure that they've earned like dessert or whatever. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what it is. Um, and so like, and it really is like ever all of my friends who like haven't fished before or show no interest where I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. They all come out of it being like, Oh, I get it. You're like, cause it's a completely inactive activity, but it's also involved. You're thinking about, Oh, there's a tree branch under the water there. There's probably like a bass or a catfish or something. Uh, I'm going to try to get that attention. You can switch out your lures. If you're like, this one isn't working. I'm going to try a different type of lure that might be more uh, movement oriented as opposed to something else. Um, and it's just one of those hobbies that you can kind of mentally dive as deep into it as you want, which is great for me. Cause it means like I can sit up till 3am just watching like an old man, at the pier being like, Oh, I'm trying this rig out today. And I'm like, yes, dude. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it's like, there's the appeal of, uh, this is kind of a practical hobby. <laughs> you know, I can catch food potentially. <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you, do you eat your catches? Or are you a catch and release guy? Uh, I have not caught anything that I would consider eating. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Cause you don't, you don't want to eat like bass or anything and you don't want to eat like, you can eat catfish, but no, nah, catfish would be good. I just don't know how to cook it. The, the dream would be like go to Montana and catch trout or something because trout is good, good fish. Uh, maybe maybe we'll make them uh, through a major. 
We'll we'll make Blur throw Major in Montana right near the big no, fishing it's, hole. It's it's Smash Camp. It's Smash Camp. <laughs> That's it's a Smash one camp. mile hike to like a private lake. Yes, exactly. Best tournament no, series, bar none. Oh, I 100 percent agree. I what I've always said: if someone asks me what's one tournament you can go Smash to, 100 percent, yeah, same. Summit or Smash Camp. Oh well, <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Smash Camp, 100. Yeah. I, that's why I, I got one of the uh, like VIP spots at Smash Camp. Because it was just like, yep, no, I know. I know I'm going. I don't care when it is. I'll go in the winter. The winter one was nice. You went to the, I think I missed the... Oh, wait, no. Hold on. It was funny because we were there and some people from SoCal were like, I've never seen this much snow. There was like this much. Like, <laughs> and they were like, this oh, is yeah, no, I did go to that one. And yeah, I, like, I didn't think that was funny. that much. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you guys... <laughs> That's nothing, no. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'll be going to my first Smash Camp. Ooh, see you there. Coming up. It'll be super fun. Uh, yeah, no, that's... And then uh, you can answer your question about if Mikey posts up on you, what are you going to do? And I want to... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. You can do it, too. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know better. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, I'm like... I'm taller than Mikey is. Uh, I will just put my arm up. And I think what you're supposed to do as a defender is just don't move. I think you're supposed to just go like this and then just, like, plant your feet. Because I think if you, like, swat, I think that's, like, easy foul territory. But, uh, yeah, I'll figure – I'll, like, I'll learn everything about it. <laughs> I will uh, I will be the next uh, Dikembe Mutombo uh, of, of three <laughs> versus three in basketball. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, this is, uh, this has been a super fun episode. I'm glad that we we were able to, to kind of, you know, I think we got to talk about everything, right? We got to talk about some, we got to talk about, you know, uh, like own personal melee journeys and we just got to shoot the shit about whatever. Um, I think this was really amazing. And, you know, if anyone has not already made up their mind about who they're going to spend their votes on, I think this is a really great way of showing that. Uh, but yeah, before we leave, we got some plugs that we need to do. Uh, so Ringler, do you want to go ahead first? You want to? Obviously, we're all gonna plug, you know, Summit stuff. But uh, if you have any personal yeah. plugs you want to make, now would be the time. Uh, yeah. I mean, my stream and my Twitter are the uh, things. Where can I we do. find you? Uh, let me check. I think my Twitter is Ringler underscore Ringler underscore SSPM. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And then my Twitch is the same thing, but without the underscore. Hmm. Uh. And, uh, yeah, I'll be streaming later tonight, uh, probably, you know, 30 minutes after we go off here. Uh, and I got a little bit of a surprise. I, there, I was thinking about running it here, but uh, the other the other, uh, the other, other people trying to get voted in might be, oh, might be a little scared him. of what I got planned. Might be. Oh, oh, he's gone. Oh, no. Did we lose? But, no, yeah, I've got, I've got something. I won't reveal it here. I'll reveal it on stream, but. It'll be a good one. A lot of, lot of chances. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of ways this could go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we can check you out there. You know, if, if you guys want to go over and watch that after this uh, episode's done airing live, you can do so at uh, twitch.tv slash Ringler SSBM. And then, you know, if you're, if you're listening after uh, this goes live, Thursday, what is it? Thursday the 2nd. Voting ends at 3 p.m. Pacific time and uh, noon or 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, noon Pacific time. Make sure to vote there. Smash GG slash, I don't know, 
Summit 12, <laughs> I'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, uh, Free Palestine. What about you? Where can people find you? Uh, I am Free Palestine RN on Twitter and Free Palestine Now on Twitch. I am live right now. I probably won't be too long oh, yeah. after this. I'm not sure exactly. We'll see what's going on. Um, but yeah, if I could be your guy for Summit, I would love that. But, uh, you know, I'll... Uh, you know, I'll be content with what happens either way. I'll be donating all my winnings. I know we get 0.7% of the pot um, if we even make it to this stage and lose. So I'll be donating all my winnings, whether I go to Summit or um, make it out or don't make it in. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully we could do something either way, you know, for the cause I'm trying to bring about. And so, uh, yeah. You know, is there um, is there a specific cause that you're looking to donate to? Because I think that, uh, you know, if, if people I think there's a lot of people in Melee who, who kind of agree with your gender philosophy. And I think that'd be a cool thing to get the word out if anyone else wants to uh, to match anything or, or donate. Yeah, themselves. Um, I plan to donate to Palestinian Children's Relief Fund, uh, PCRF. Um, they do uh, healthcare work for children um, in and around Syria, Lebanon, and Palestine who have no uh, resources there. You know, it's really costly and really, really difficult to fix things that we take for granted here um, due to the situation there. And so um, I'll be giving all I uh, win. And hopefully if you guys have any extra money um, after all this summit stuff or even before, you know, I think it's more important anyways in my mind um, to give if you can. Uh, and I really appreciate any and all support that anyone feels necessary to give so thank you and thank you for giving me the opportunity to even speak about that i do appreciate it of course yeah, yeah. And if people want to go on it uh, i believe the website is pcrf.net uh <laughs> they can they can do so over there yeah no uh it's been really amazing to have both of you on i think it's a really really fun episode <laughs> i yeah i feel like i went into this thing it was gonna be really crazy but i think like it was just good i don't think it was chaotic i think it just ended up being really good so i, I appreciate that uh, and yeah, if anyone wants to check out uh, the episodes that we have of this podcast, you can do so live at twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. If you want to check the episodes after they air, you can do so on the uh, the YouTube channel Melee Stats Archive. While you're over on YouTube, you can go check out Melee Stats. That's our main channel. That's going to be our long-form video content. And uh, I believe, Edwin, we hit 200,000 for our uh, Nintendo video, right? Congrats. Yes, we did. Thank Crazy. you. I just want to uh, say, I almost had a tear in my eye at the end, and you guys panned out of the net play for Palestine tournament. It made me so happy. That actually might be my favorite achievement. I might take back the earlier question. Ooh, I thought that's a that good was one. really Yeah, I, I was actually really was going to... I was very surprised you didn't bring, bring I, that up. I, didn't, I wasn't even like, thinking about that. So like, I was like, okay. But no, now that I think about it, you brought it up. Yeah, that, that was... I remember in the moment looking at that, and I, I couldn't have been more proud of what we did. And, and seeing that in your video after watching all of it, I was like, that really was like so, so nice. Yeah, and after the tournament, also I, I want to mention in case anyone missed it, uh, you know I really appreciate uh, you sitting down with me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, over the over the phone talking about talking about the the tournament and sort of a you know how important the cause of Pal Palestinian liberation is and whatnot, and why people in melee should care about it. Uh, and if any of you want to check out that conversation, that's on that's on the melee stats website at a meleestats.co. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna change my answer too because I got tw I, I think I got 25th at that tournament also. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> nice. 25th, there, 25th master, baby. Stage, 25th, 25th at both main stages, 25th there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. 
but yeah, uh, if you want to check out what Edwin has to say over there, you can do so at MeleeStats.co. It's also where we're going to have Wednesday Melee and uh, Monday Morning Marth, the weekly articles that we put out. And if you want to find any, you know, when we put those out, they're going to go on our Twitter. You can find it out there and you can see our last night in Melee posts. You know, if anyone, it's been a lot of Melee going on, a lot of land Melee coming back, a lot of online Melee still happening. So if you want to catch up to see what results are happening, you can do so over there. It's uh, twitter.com slash melee stats pod. And, you know, if you just love what we do in general, you can support us at patriot.com. Patriot. <laughs> Patreon. Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> go, go donate any money you have to the New England Patriots. They need it. They need it. <laughs> well, I was yeah. thinking just patriot.com definitely sounds like a. <laughs> it's a grifting website. Somehow. Yeah, a bit of a weird. <laughs> Yeah, put put in your credit card information. Yeah, don't worry about Patriot. it. Patriot.com. <laughs> and don't worry what, what happens next. Any crazy charge you see is normal. You will get yeah. it back. <laughs> no, uh, if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash melee stats. Uh, and one last thing, you know, I've mentioned it already, but smash GG slash summit. Type that in because that not only can you support the people who were lovely enough to be here today. Uh, but you could just see one of the one of the most fun things about melee, man. That last day, it's gonna be stressful for you guys, but for everyone else, it's gonna be a blast. So uh, you can check it out there if you wanna if you wanna throw your hand into throw your hat into the to the ring. You know, put your hand up for any one in particular. You can do so then. Just make sure it's before 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific, because after that, votes are final, baby. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. Big day tomorrow. But uh, I, I think you guys are going to kill it. But uh, I really, I really appreciate you guys being on today. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you guys at home like today's episode, next week, we're going to dive into the thing that we've been talking about this entire time. Summit. Summit season is upon us. And next week, we're going to have to talk about the thing in, at length. So uh, I will see you guys then. Thanks for sticking around. Peace. See you guys.